Good morning. We're so glad that you're here. My name's Adam. It's so great to welcome Kevin the drummer back. We've, we've missed drums and we're beginning to be able to add some things in as there is opportunity within the state and as some guidelines begin to give more space. One thing I noticed at the beginning of this kind of lockdown pandemic period was the ordinary aspects of my life that I really liked. And so often it's said that we don't appreciate what we have until it's gone. And this has been one of those moments, one of those learning experiences, where many of us have learned that our very ordinary mundane lives were actually really quite good. And some of the things that were kind of drab, actually, they were a treat, and we can't wait to, to get back to them. One of the things that we miss the most is the ability to meet together. I'm here today, Sunday morning, and I'm parked outside of the facility where six months ago we would have all been. But we're here. We miss meeting together. We want to do something about that, but we want to do it in a way that is safe, is reliable, and we don't want anyone to miss out. We are aware that some of our family, our community, will not be able to return at the same speed that others can. And we want to be considerate to that, not because, just because we want to be considerate, but because we believe in the power of community and togetherness. So we are going to be sustaining what we're doing online as we begin to navigate and explore new ways of doing things. But we miss meeting together and we're glad that you can join us online for this time. And I love to see the comments and the interaction below. It is as close as we get to connection at the moment. So we're so glad you're here. Today, I want to begin by going back and I'll explain what that means. At the beginning of this year, we, we introduced the idea that this year we want to look at some topical teaching series and we want to look at some textual ones where we want to explore a whole book of the Bible. And we said we're going to look at the book of Acts, which is the story of the new church. We began this in March. We got two weeks in and then the coronavirus pandemic began and everything changed. Understandably, as a church, we wanted our services and our teaching to connect with what was going on in the world and our prayers and our understanding of how we find God in that equally to, to kind of track what, what was happening in our lives. Therefore, we pressed pause on the Acts series when we got two weeks in. I want us to return to that. The idea is that we will read through the entire book of Acts and we will look at different elements from each chapter. And it feels more fitting now, perhaps, than it did then. And I'll explain why. And today I'm going to kind of introduce this with this idea. The story of the book of Acts is the story of the church forming and reforming. It is the story of the church beginning its shape with that shape changing as things develop, as people move, as new people join. It is a story of forming and reforming. And that feels so fitting now and as we approach the next few weeks and months of this life that we are living and these days that we are living through. So we are going to spend some time in the book of Acts in 2020, and the second half we're going to look at in 2021. One of the things that we want to make space for is different voices, different contributions. So we're going to have readers that are going to read 
the chapter and then the person who's speaking, who's teaching that week is going to unpack a small portion of that reading. And today we're looking at Acts 1 and we have a reader because we're doing this online. We've got some online readers. When we meet in person, we'll have them reading in person. But this week, it is my pleasure to introduce Acts 1 with Jennifer Hunter reading to us. Good morning, South Shore family. I'm Jennifer Hunter, and I was asked to read Acts 1 for you today. Jesus taken up into heaven. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who was taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Matthias chosen to replace Judas. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. With the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong, his body burst open and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this. So they called that field in their language, a Keldama, that is, Field of blood. For, said Peter, 
It is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in it. And may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us. Beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us, for one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the 11 apostles. Be well. Thank you, Jennifer. Isn't it nice to see some different faces? I made the comment that we miss seeing each other and having different readers is one way where we can see people. So thank you, Jennifer, for reading Acts 1 to us today. I want to explore a few elements of this passage. I feel that they speak to us very much in this moment of forming and reforming the church and society and what things look like. In Acts 1 verse 6, it says that they gathered around Jesus. They gathered around his teaching. This sentence is a picture for what Christian community and what the church should look like. It's a group of people gathering around the message, the person, and the ministry of Jesus. For me, when I imagine this, it almost looks like a circle. Jesus is in the middle, and we are listening and learning and engaging. And the model of Jesus' teaching was always one where he invited people not just to listen, to but participate in his works and what he was doing. And Acts 1.6 says, they continually gather together, and they were centered around Jesus. In Acts 1, 6, verse 7, there is this moment where they ask the question. Now, when we looked at this Acts 1 passage before in March, this was what we looked at the most, the question of what happens next, which felt fitting then. It feels even more fitting now. This week, uh, I traveled in time. This week, I re-watched that Sunday service just to see what we looked at, because we don't want to do the same message we want to, there's so much in this passage. There's plenty that can speak to us. So I wanted to re-watch that service, and I re-watched the worship and re-listened to the message. And it was quite a strange experience. It really did feel like traveling in time. It was not that long ago. It was only March the 1st. But I saw people, and before the, the meeting, the service began, people were walking in, and they were shaking each other's hands. And they were standing really close to each other. And some people were even hugging each other. And it felt strange to see that. We've not seen that for some time. Um, when I looked at this passage before, I looked at the subject of what happens next. Because in this passage, the disciples ask it, and they ask it with an expectation. And the expectation is, are you going to do things the way they used to be done? The actual question, the quotation is, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Which was this Jewish way, because that was their background, 
this Jewish faith was their background that led them to this moment. And they're saying, are you going to take things back to the way they once were? And when they're using that question, they're, they're referring back to this Old Testament period. But the question ultimately they're asking is, are you going to take things back? And Jesus kind of sh not just shuns the question, but almost rebukes the question. And you're seeing this all wrong. We aren't going back because you can't go back. And I feel this is key for the current time as we navigate the next. Jesus says, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons, but wait where you are. The Holy Spirit's going to fill you and then you're going to be my witnesses. And it starts where you are in Jerusalem, which is where they were. It's that local. This is where they happen to be at this time. And then it goes wider and it goes to Samaria. And then it goes wider again. It talks about the ends of the earth. And there is this ever increasing circles. And it's a bigger picture than their small kind of closed mindedness. Are you going to take things back? The answer, I believe, in this current situation around coronavirus isn't how do we go back? The question that's a better question is, Jesus, how do we go forwards? Aware that the story of Acts is the story of the formation, the forming and reforming of the church. So I'm not approaching this anymore. I'm approaching our planning and our church leadership in terms of how do we go back? But we're saying, Father, how do we go forwards? Form us, shape us and reform us. There's a clue in this subtle word witness in verse eight. You will be my witnesses. A witness, if you ever found yourself as a witness to an event, is somebody who has to tell what they have seen and heard. They have to tell what has been their experience. And Jesus is saying, I want you to do that. He's not expecting everyone to be incredibly effective evangelists, although some people have this remarkable gift where it just happens to them easier than others. But he's saying to all of his followers, I want you to be my witness. And a witness is someone who tells of what they've seen and heard and experienced. And we all have a story of Jesus. And if we haven't had a story of Jesus, there is a very easy opportunity where we say, Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I come to you with my story, and it's not a great story. We've missed the mark, and I've messed up. We say, Father, forgive me, and may my story join your story. And this is the beginning where we work out what it means to follow Jesus. And when we have that story, we're a witness. And Jesus is saying, I want you to be my witness. I want you to tell people what you've seen and heard and experienced. This is the beginning of the early church. This is the beginning of the new church. We're going to come back to this word witness later on. So what does it look like? It starts small. It starts in Jerusalem, which happens to be where they are at that moment. It's almost as if Jesus is saying, I want you to start where you are. Exactly where you are. Your current situation, your current circumstance. Just start where you are. I love that Jesus always starts with where we are. There isn't a, if you can do this, 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 and this, and meet this criteria, then I welcome you. He says, no, just start where you are, and I'll start with you. 
So the story is just start with what you've got, which at the moment for many of us is not a lot. We're in our homes or we're in very small groups of people, small circles. And he said, just start with where you are. But it doesn't stay there for long. It grows, starts small, and it grows wider. Judea, Samaria, the surrounding areas, there is this expansion. What starts as a small circle grows and gets bigger. And then it goes worldwide. Now, for the original disciples, the idea of something going viral didn't really exist in their minds. Now, it happens sometimes where there's an idea or a celebrity or something that connects on YouTube and it goes viral. But Jesus is saying to these small-minded disciples who begin by asking, are you going to take us back? Jesus says, no, 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 we're not going back. It's going to start with where you are in a small circle. It's going to get wider and wider. And this story, this gospel is going to spread around the world. We know 2,000 years later that's exactly what happened. This is the story of the forming and the reforming of the early church. There's a passage I want to spend a little bit of time in. It's a short one. Acts 1 verse 14. I believe we're going to put this on the screen as well. If you've got your Bibles... Maybe highlight this. I want to to just pause for a moment in this short passage. It says this. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. I want to look at this passage. They all joined together. This is one of these wonderful passages, this incredibly inclusive passage. All is wide and generous and inviting. Last week I made a comment how we need to give consideration, especially, and I say this as a white man, we need to give consideration and listen to some of the voices, some of the racial conversations. I made some comments about the Black Lives Matter and how we need to listen to people's story. Now, unfortunately, we don't have a time machine We can't go back and change the past, but we should still listen to people's story. Stories are so important. When we listen to somebody's story, we honor them. We connect with them. And we honor their story behind their story, their their ancestry links. And when we fail to listen to somebody's story, regardless of the subject, and when we're dismissive, we dishonor them. I've been grateful to learn and to listen to people's stories, especially around some of the tricky subjects that we need to navigate. I make the comment that we can't go back in time and change the past, but we do have an opportunity in the present to make change, aware that what we do in the present will change the future. Some examples that I want to make comment where we can change the present that will change the future on the subject of racial equality. And I'm going to make this very recent in light of COVID-19. Some statistics from some proven medical resources. Nationally, African-American deaths during COVID-19 are nearly two times greater than would be expected based on their share of the population. In four states, the rate is three times greater. Widening the conversation slightly, in 42 states, Plus Washington, D.C., Hispanic and Latinos make up a greater share of confirmed cases than their share of the population. 
in eight states is more than four times greater. We cannot go back in time and change the past, but we can and must make changes in the present that reflect the heart of God, which, as we see in this passage, is for all. All were gathered. Widening this passage further and looking at these people that were included, it says the women were there. They were all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. The women were there. In Jesus' day, sadly still sometimes today, women were considered less. Even now, there is disparity and a pay gap between what some men are paid and some women are paid to do the same role. I love the fact that in the Bible, in passages like this, we see that all are welcome and all are equal. And as we see from the first page of the Bible, both men and women, all, all races are made in the image of God. All are welcome. All were present. One of the things I love about this church, as I've listened to the stories and the history of this church, is the fact that this church has championed and made space for the role of women in leadership and women in speaking. I haven't seen her for a while, but I'm grateful for the influence, impact, and contribution to this church of Sharon Anderson, who was and is a woman leader. And I value the history of this church, the leadership has not been appointed based on gender, but it's been appointed based on what we've seen of gifting. And Sharon's an example of that. One of the things that I want to give attention to, we wanted to do this in February, was some training around communication and teaching because we want to make more space to hear women teaching. Now, I'm aware that as I make this comment, even now, there are some people in some churches who interpret Scripture, in my opinion, that leads to a theological error where they believe that women cannot speak and must not lead. I don't believe that's the heart of God. As this passage says, they are all welcome. I'm not going to teach on that now, but I will make a comment to the people that struggle with the idea of listening to women teaching. Jesus rebuked those people. The most important message ever spoken, ever taught, ever communicated is the message that we hear on Easter Sunday, where the women return and say, Jesus is risen, he's back, death is not the end of the story. And foolishly, some men do not take their teaching, their witness, or their experience seriously. In Mark 16, Jesus says this, Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating, and he rebuked them for their lack of faith and for their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him. May I encourage you, if you don't necessarily hear my words, to hear the words of Jesus, to not be one of those persons who stubbornly refuse to hear the witness and the teaching of the women. Two other comments in this passage. It says, Mary was there and his brothers. By this age, Mary is elderly. In the context of life expectancy, in Jesus' day, Mary at this stage in the story is elderly. But yet she is still welcome. She's still part of the all. This is not just for the, a certain demographic and age. This is for the all. And then the last group mentioned in, in this verse 14 is Jesus' brothers were there. If you study 
the story of Jesus' brothers. They were unreliable. They weren't convinced, and they didn't necessarily believe in Jesus, even at times when the miracles and the teaching were absolutely profound. Why do I highlight this? Because for those people that didn't always believe, didn't always understand, and weren't always convinced, they still are invited to be part of the all were gathered. In this small circle, all were gathered. All were invited. All were welcome. That encourages me because it includes me and it includes you. And it includes genders. It includes races. All are welcome. So what do we see? This starts small. The forming of the new church or the reforming of the new church starts small. The gospels end, the gospel of John ends with a story that they're gathered in a small upper room and there's 11 people there. This early Acts tells a story of a small circle of people and they're gathered around the teaching of Jesus and they're working it out and they're learning together. And they're praying. And it starts small, but it grows wider and wider and wider. In my late teens and early 20s, I was part of something that started small. It was a small number of us. I messaged some of these people this weekend. We used to meet together. We used to pray together. We used to tell stories. Um, and we used to listen. And we used to open the scriptures. And we used to work it out. We didn't know all the answers, but we would do that in a small setting. And the number grew. And what started as a small group of friends grew and grew and grew and began a bigger group. And we started this weekly worship youth event. And it was incredible. And it grew to about 200 people. And there was a a larger version of that that grew and had some outdoor celebrations. And that grew to over 1,000 people. And that was my experience in my early 20s. And That picture, in some ways, is a picture of how the story of the church in Acts begins, with a small circle, and then a wider circle, and then a really wide circle. So today, I want to present an idea. I want to present a next step in what we are looking to do as a church in terms of working out what we do next and how we go forward. We're really encouraged to see the reduction in coronavirus cases in this state, and we're grateful for the expertise and the leaders who have brought wise leadership during this time. We continue to pray for them. They've not got an easy task. I want to present an idea to you. I want to offer it aware that for some people it's accessible soon, but for other people not so. We want very much to maintain the connection with all people. I want to present an idea that feels fitting to call circles, small circles, small groups of people. I want to encourage Those that can, and especially during this time when the sun is shining and you may have a nice outdoor space, a yard or a deck, I want to encourage small circles of people to gather on a Sunday morning at this time and to watch the service together and to spend time together and to listen and to learn and to worship and to pray, which in many ways is the story and is the model that we see in Acts 1. It's a small circle. I want to encourage you to do this in a way that honors the the law, the guidance, the CDC guidance, the state guidance, which at the moment allows for groups of 10 social distancing. If somebody's not well, they shouldn't attend. If somebody 
is health would be at risk if they were to attend. They shouldn't attend either. We are going to sustain our online services and platforms because we don't want to lose anyone as we begin to transition and work out what happens next. But I want to encourage you to gather in circles. Now, this is not a small group. This is not a cell group or a home group, which we're necessarily going to organize for you. The beauty of the story of Acts is how organic the formation was. And I say that for a reason. All of us are in circles. We're in social circles. It's the people that you know. It's the people that you may have met up with as the coronavirus cases has reduced. You may have sat around a fire pit or you may have had a social distance coffee with. These are the people that are in your circle. And we're all in a circle. It may be the people that you know because you used to see them at the gym. For me, it's the people I may have played pool with or seen when I used to walk the dog. We're all in circles, friends, church friends. I want to encourage you to consider who is in my circle. And I want to encourage you to consider this story of the formation of the early church that began with a model like this. So we want to help to do that. We want to outline that as a next step, whilst continue to sustain what we're doing online. Some of you might be thinking, how do we do this? I'm going to answer with some biblical answers, and we're going to put this on the screen. Do you remember I said the word witness appears? Acts 1 verse 8. Jesus says, you, which is all of us, will be my witness. I remember a witness is someone who simply says what they've seen, what they've heard, and what they've experienced. For me, it might look something like this. I wasn't convinced what I believed. I prayed, Jesus, if you're real, show yourself, and he did. And he continues to. And I want to invite you to join in that and hear in that and explore that and ask questions. So come and join us as we do this. That took about 20 seconds. And that's my way of giving an example of what it means to be a witness. Here's some Bible passages that I'm going to read that show something of a model. John 1 verse 41 says this. The first thing Andrew did this is one of Jesus' disciples, was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah. The first thing that he did was to say, hey, come and see. Later on, we'll get to this passage, Acts 16. There's a story of Paul and Silas, and they're in prison because of their faith, and they're still witnessing to the goodness of Jesus. And it says this, they're worshiping and praying in the middle of the night, and there's this moment where suddenly the jail opens and Potentially everyone's freed, but they stay there first because they want to witness. Acts 16, 29 to 33 says this. The jailer called for the lights and rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Because in that moment, the jailer sees that I don't understand everything, but there must be a God. Tell me more. They, as in Paul and Silas, replied, Believe in the Lord and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to the others in his house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds, and immediately he and his household were baptized. The whole household idea speaks of neighbors and friends and the people that we live near who are in our circles. Last passage, what does it look like to be a witness? John 4, the Gospel of John, 
There's a story of a lady and she meets Jesus as she's collecting some water at a well. She has this moment where she realizes there must be a God. And it says this, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Could this be? She doesn't know all the answers. She hasn't got 100% certainty, but she believes that it could well be. They came out of the town and made their way toward him. The woman at the town went and they told of what they had seen and what they heard. This is an example of what it means to be a witness. And if you look at these passages, John 1, Acts 16, and John 4, it starts as a small circle where Andrew just tells his brother. So your circle may be telling a friend, hey, come round for coffee, and it's just one person, and the worship, the music's playing in the background. Or it might be bigger. You might invite your neighbors, and Acts 16 tells the story of a whole household coming to faith because someone was a witness Or it may be an even bigger, ever-increasing circle. In John 4, the woman tells her whole town. It starts small and it grows bigger and the circle just gets bigger and bigger. So how do you get involved? If you would like to host, if you would like to explore, how do you form a circle? If you need some help with this, if this is something you're like, I like this idea, I want to not just hear the story of Jesus, but I want to participate in what he did and the way he did it. If you want to say, yes, I want to form a circle, um, please tell us. If you would like to host this, please write in the Facebook comments now below the word host. And we will follow up with you with some ideas to how we can help you and how we can support you in this. If you're not on Facebook and you're watching this online via the website, email us, office at sscc ma.com so write the word host or email us we want to help you form these small circles if you can if you're new to the area you don't know anyone or you're new to the idea of faith and you you you'd like to be part of one but you don't know enough people or it would be a challenge for you to make this happen we don't want anyone to be lost in the mix um, please write on the facebook comments below me the word join And we'll follow up with you. Again, if you're watching online on the website, email office at sscma.com. The word join. If you don't know people or you're sociably just a little bit disconnected, we don't want you to be disconnected. We want you to join and we want to form these small circles. So if this is something you'd like to do, email us, contact us, or write in the comments the word join and we will follow up. If this isn't the right step for you for medical reasons or for other reasons, that's fine. Keep with us online. We're going to continue the live chats and the interaction. You're important to us. In Acts, we see the formation and the continued reformation of the church. And it starts with where they are now. And it moves and it spreads And it travels. In Acts, we see that God births something new. And it is for all people, all genders, all races, centered around the person and the teaching and the ministry of Jesus. 
We want to be part of that. I need to be part of that. You need to be part of that. In Acts, it looked different. When they asked the questions, are we going back? The answer was no. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you. It's going to fill you. You're going to be my witness. And what's going to start small in a small circle where you are is going to spread. We need that again. We need that now. This feels so fitting for mid or post-pandemic, wherever you see the scale of where you are in your part of Massachusetts or wherever you are watching. And in Acts, we see that this story never stopped. What started as a small circle did not stay as a small circle. There was movement. There was motion. There was energy and there was life. My goodness, we as the church need that today. We need that now. We need that in our lives and we need that for the lives of those around us. We need that. So may I invite you to join. May I invite you to sit centered around the teaching, the ministry of Jesus. And may I invite you not just to listen, to, but participate in what he was doing, is doing, and will do. I want to leave you with a question, and we're going to have a song, and I want to leave you with this question and encourage you to pray. And the question is this, what is my circle? What does it look like now? And what role do I have to play to participate in what God is doing in this moment? Let's pray. Father, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Enable us to be your witnesses. And may we start with where we are, with what we have. And may the story spread as your gospel advances. Amen.